Hey, this is Lena Matice, and I'm the Midlife Mommy. I'm a mother of three boys and one girl. I'm here to discuss weight loss and raising kids. I write the blog, Food is My Addiction. My baby is a senior, so what do I do now? Please join me on my trek to reach my ultimate weight loss goals while finding my way as a midlife mommy. Hello, welcome back to the Midlife Mommy. It has been a month, I think, since I did my last episode, and I'm sorry for that. It's been a crazy month. March, for some reason, is a hard month for me, and I think it all extends from what happened to us in 1994. In November of 93, my husband and I got married, and one month later, we found out we were pregnant. We had a honeymoon baby. <laughs> and we were excited. I think my husband was a little bit hesitant just because we weren't sure we were ready to be parents yet. It was so fast. My husband and I, you know, met. And a month later, we were engaged and three months later we were married and then all of a sudden we were pregnant and my whole life I was excited to have babies I that's all I've ever wanted to be was a mom and it was an exciting time we also had some hard things happening right shortly after we got married in January of 94 my brother-in-law died and then in March, I had a nephew that was killed in a car accident. And so we were trying to be excited about being going to have a baby. And there were some sad things happening in our family that made it a little bit difficult. And on March 30th, no, actually a few days before March 30th, uh, my husband and I were excited to go in and get an ultrasound done to find out what we were going to have and, you know, just to be new parents, all that excitement for a new little baby. And we went in for the ultrasound and I didn't know what to expect, but I was laying on the table and my husband was there. He was holding my hand and we were waiting for the doctor to come in and he came in and got my belly all prepped to check it out. And he kept moving the ultrasound machine over my belly all over, did not say one word the whole time. And I'm looking at the screen. I had seen ultrasound pictures before. And so I was kind of trying to look to see what I could see if I could recognize, you know, any part of my little baby. And the doctor was very quiet, and all of a sudden he turned off the machine, and he clasped his hands together, and he looked at me, and he said, your baby doesn't have a heartbeat. Being young and trying to understand what he was saying, I said, what are you telling me, that my baby's not alive? <laughs> and... He said, yeah, your baby died. And I just sat there like I didn't know what to think. And I said, so what do we do? You know, because I hadn't had any contractions or anything like no sign physically that there was something wrong 
with my baby. I didn't know what to expect. And my husband didn't know what to do. And he said, the doctor said that my doctor, because back then we had a separate doctor that would do the ultrasounds. We had our doctor that took care of, you know, all the birth and all that stuff. But there was a separate doctor that did the ultrasounds. And so he said that he would get in contact with us. And, but we would probably have to come in the next day and deliver the baby. We went home that day and my husband said, just go, go take a shower and it's going to be okay. That was the year that I learned to wash my hurt and my pain down the drain. And cause I did it a lot that year. But I can remember just sitting in the shower and just crying. Like, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't even know what my baby looked like or anything, you know. I didn't know what to think or feel. So anyways, we go in the next day and I saw my doctor, which I didn't know him very well because he, you know, I was new to the, I mean, I had lived in Thatcher but I never had to go to the doctor. So, um, and I had only seen Dr. Karchner one time before that. And that was at my first visit with the pregnancy. And so I didn't really know him, but he did the best thing for me that day. He pulled my husband aside and he said, you know, here we are 2021 we're, we're young kids. And he pulled him aside and he said, she's going to deal with this a whole lot different than you. It's going to be harder on her because from the moment she found out she was pregnant, she was a mom. You don't know what it is to be a dad until you see that baby. Men take it so much different. So I was hoping that he would want to run some more tests and he would want to just make sure that my baby had died. And I guess because of what they found, I don't know for sure what they found, but he knew the baby wasn't alive anymore. And I guess she had started decomposing already. So she had been gone for a while before we had that, um, before we had the ultrasound. But... And I say she, cause we found out after she was born that it was a little girl, but you know, we went into that doctor's room or we went into the hospital room. They got me all set up and they started the inducing process. And I sat there on that hospital bed getting sick. <laughs> I was so sick and my stomach was sick. And that's what that induction does. It makes you sick. And I was so sick and we just went throughout our day and they would check me and no progression. And it was so, it was a long day, a very long day. We started probably at nine in the morning and finally the doctor came back in about five in the afternoon after all his other patients he had seen. And he checked me and he said, <laughs> He said, 
yeah, you're not progressing very fast. We're going to have to up the medicine and this and that. And I said, how long am I going to have to do this? And he's all, um, it just depends. Sometimes people do it in 24 hours. Some people do it and it takes a couple of days. And I'm like, oh no, no way. <laughs> no way am I going to do this for two days. Because all I could do is cry and be sick. And so I looked at Chris after the doctor left and I said, get your dad here. Get your dad here and give me a blessing. I can't do this all night and I'm not going to do it for two days. And so I don't even remember what was said in the blessing. I know that baby was here in two hours. His mother and father were still in the room and all of a sudden I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. And my father-in-law was like, you just went to the bathroom. And Chris was like, yeah, this has been going on all day like this. And because I'd never given birth before, I didn't know that actually the sensation I was feeling was the baby coming, the delivery of the baby. And so I delivered, and it went that fast. Two hours, she was there. I went from the doctor telling us, yeah, this is going to be a long process, to two hours later, delivering her. And when they brought her in to us, she was fully formed, and her little hand was behind her head. And that was exactly how Chris slept at that time, was with his hand behind his head. She was so perfect, had ten little fingers and ten little toes. And she was perfect. And I could see, I knew exactly what the doctor was talking about when he was talking to Chris earlier. When he realized that was our little baby. That was our little baby we weren't going to get a take home. And we didn't know what to do. We didn't know, do we bury her? Do we... You know, and I asked the doctor, luckily he was um, somebody from our religion, so I asked him, what do, I, what do we do? And he said, well, most of the time we just send the babies in to get tested to see if they're, especially with it being your first baby, we want to test her to see if there's any other if there was a genetic reason why this happened. And so Chris and I decided to let that happen. Now, thinking back on it, I wish we would have brought her home, buried her somewhere on a family plot or something. But it, it really doesn't matter that we didn't bury her. We know Heavenly Father will take care of her sweet little body. I'm not sure why I felt the need to share this. You know, it's been 28 years. That little baby is still in my heart. We didn't name her. I was only 17 and a half weeks, and there was just so many things undecided back then. I realized after I had her, well, actually, I realized after I got pregnant again that... I did feel her move. I didn't know that's what it was at the time. I thought maybe it was her movement, but I didn't know. 
And that happened about two weeks prior to us going in for the ultrasound. And after I was pregnant with CJ and recognizing the feeling of the baby move, that made me realize I did feel her move two weeks prior to her delivery. I'm not one to take political stances, but I want you to know from the moment a baby is conceived, they are a human being. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the world thinks about pregnancy. When I saw that little baby, 17 and a half weeks, she had started forming what she liked. Her hand was behind her head. That's how she was laying. She had little lips. She had little eyes. A little nose. She was a human. When my last son, my last pregnancy, they were afraid that he was going to have some issues. That's Jacob, the one that's a senior. They thought he was going to have some issues. And I went in because I was measuring really big, so they wanted to check. And I was eight weeks pregnant. That was the earliest I had ever had an ultrasound. But I was eight weeks pregnant and his little heart was beating away. You can't tell me that's not real. That that's not a human. And each one of my kids, them moving around, they had different movements. And to me, that was their little personality starting to come out. I have a hard, hard time with the concept of abortion. And I think one of the hardest things that I that ever happened to me, you know, after losing this baby, I went into a po- my politics class because I was taking classes at that time. I had to miss about a week of school and the teachers were so kind to be so understanding to me at that time. But there was one teacher, he was our politics teacher, and he knew what happened to me because he told me that the same thing happened to him and his wife. So why he decided to take this approach at the class, the first class I'm back from having this horrible experience, I don't know, but I guess that's just him and he likes to fire people up and... We're sitting in the class, and he decides to talk about abortion. And I was already very passionate about abortion. I don't know if he was trying to fire me up or what. But he was comparing miscarriages to abortion and saying that sometimes miscarriages are natural abortions, which I got his idea, but I can remember I was so furious because I had just had miscarriage and abortion was against everything I believe. And I stood up and I said, the difference between a miscarriage and an abortion is an abortion you choose, a miscarriage you don't. And I walked out because I didn't choose that. I didn't choose to deliver my baby 
at 17 and a half weeks. I didn't choose for her to die. So I guess what I want you to get out of this episode is that, you know, hard things happen. And look, I can't even talk about it with getting teary-eyed. Hard things happen in life. And I could have chosen after that happened to never have kids again. Like, that was hard. But look what I would have missed out on. I have three wonderful boys and a wonderful daughter. And they're not making all the choices I think they should make. But that's okay. Because it's their life and they need to make their own choices. But, you know, I could have took that horrible experience and threw my talent, you know, threw, threw it in and been like, okay, if I, I can't have kids, so I'm not going to have any more kids. And I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm done trying to have kids. I am so glad I didn't do that because my kids have brought me more joy than I could ever imagine. Life is hard sometimes. We have to go through hard things to be able to enjoy the good. My husband and I became so close after that. We went for the next two years just us. He became my best friend. And we had our son when we were ready to be parents. That experience just opened our hearts a little bit more, I think, to each other. It could have done the opposite. You know, it could have destroyed our marriage if we would have let it. But neither one of us wanted that. We we were married for time and all eternity. We loved each other. We knew that little girl was ours. You know, she's ours forever. One day we'll get to raise her. We'll be able to, you know, experience her and see her grow. I believe that with all my heart. Why we had to go through that, I don't know. And I don't know that it matters. Because I think we learned what we needed to from that experience. And that's what you have to do in this life is whatever happens to you, what do you need to learn? Like, what do you need to grow from? What do you need to experience? And let it happen. Let it happen and find the joy in this journey we call life. I hope that this episode can help somebody out there. If you're going through the same thing or if you've had the same thing in your life, I hope that you can use this episode to help you realize that there are other joyful things that happen later. Looking back on losing our first child has made me realize that I kept going, you know, I just kept going and I ended up having four beautiful children and now they're all grown up and you think back on those hard times and you think, how in the world did I do that? Lots of prayer. I tell you, get on your knees and pray. And if you're not feeling his comfort, 
get on your knees and pray again. And you just keep getting on your knees until he can break through the barrier that you have that Satan's created. Break through that barrier. Let Heavenly Father heal you. Because he will. I promise that. And I will talk to you guys next week.